Today's Daf Samach Aleph, Hoshana Rabbah, again, Pitka Tovah, Gutten Kvitl to everybody, and again, we learn for Rafur Shlema, for Tova Miriam Bas, Dvora Mindel. Yesterday, we got to about almost halfway down the page on Samach Aleph, and we're going to come back and discuss it more, the part that we're, that we're sort of skipping over, the part we learned yesterday. Amr Yosef, right in the middle of the page, even with the little diagram there in Tosas. Amr Yosef, let's say a city is bordering on a steep ravine, a, a deep gully there, a deep ditch. If it's got a barrier in front of it, separating between it and, the, and this deep ravine, Arbo'a, now Arbo'a sounds like Arbo'atfachim, but we're really going to say it's Arba'amos, says Rashi. If it's, uh, it's, it shouldn't be with a hay there. If it's, uh, uh, if it's uh, four Amos high, then then when it comes to measuring how far you can go with the Tchum Shabbos, you can go out from that point, from, that, from the edge of the valley, right where the barrier is. You can go out 2,000 Amos. If there's no barrier there, then then there's no barrier to the city at all. And when you measure two thumbs, you've got to go from your own house. In other words, it's like the city has no wall. And there's no perimeter to the city. You can't say you're going out because that's a deep ravine there. You can't go in that direction. You can't, you know, as you're going to be afraid, as we see, as we'll see, to walk, to walk there. So you can only measure from your house itself. Amalei Abaya, Daka Arba Amos. Are you talking about a barrier of four Amos? Four Amos, in Amos usually we talk about ten Amos for a breach and a wall. Or an opening of the wall is, is up to ten Amos more than that's a breach. But when it comes to height, we talk about ten tefachim. Where'd you get this arba amos from? Ma'ishdom bekoldaki. Why is it different than any other barrier? The arba, which is only four tefachim. In other words, the barrier that we talked about for a few days with the, the diagrams that we looked at in the two twenties, that was all ten, four tefachim high, not four amos high. There it wasn't difficult. You're not afraid to use it because it wasn't in a steep area. But over here, where it's it's uh, it's uh, you know it, it's scary. To, to use that area there because it's right next to a steep ravine. So because of that, you need a larger uh, barrier for it to be valid. Where do I get this idea? We're talking about an idea here now that if, you have, if you're next to a deep area, right, a place where you can't use the, you're afraid to walk over there, you need a full, a full uh, large barrier for it to be able to count from 2,000 amas from there. I mean, where do I get this from? The Tanya. There were two cities. If you look in the little uh, diagram in Rashi, you see they were both like on a, on a hill, on a slant. Gader was the upper city and Hamsan was the lower city. It says over there, Rebbe was matter the people from Gader to go down to Hamsan. But on Shabbos, the people from Hamsan couldn't go out to Gader. Now, why not? My time, because Gader had made this barrier. And, and since they, the, the cities were both generally within 2,000 amas of one another, but Gader had made a, um, a barrier at the bottom of theirs, so they could count the 2,000 amas from that from that. Um, that Gader, that, that little Daka, that little barrier, and therefore they could encompass Hamsan. But Hamsan did not make a, uh, they didn't make a, um, uh, a little barrier, and therefore they had to count each from their own house, and each person counted from his house. Some people might have been close enough, but not everybody was close enough from Hamsan to go up to there. So the heart that proves what he just said. Why hit the Rebbe Shiyu B'nei Gader Yodun L'chamsan, and Hamsan Yodun L'gader, my time, the upper people had made this barrier, but Hani L'Avadaka shows you that when you make a proper barrier, even though you're on an incline or a steep, steep hill, that makes, your, uh, that makes your wall. You can count the two thousand from there, but otherwise you can't. 
No, 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 you got the whole story wrong. That doesn't prove anything. That wasn't the case there. Yes, the Gader was the upper city and the Hamsam was the lower city. But over there, what happened was that the people from Gader, Tatrugi Mitartagitlu, Bene Gadul Bene Hamsan, they were, uh, they, used to, they used to physically beat them. The people from the upper city physically beat the people to, from the lower city. Umay Hitir, what does it mean he was matir? It doesn't mean that he was matir them. It doesn't mean that he was matir uh, the people from the upper city. When he says he was matir the people from the upper city to go down, but not the people from the lower city to go up, it means he made a takana for them. My Hitir Hitkin, meaning he said the people from the lower city should not go up to Gader because they'll get beaten up there. They shouldn't go there on Shabbos because they're going to get beaten. So Maishna Shabbos, so why different on Shabbos? If they're going to beat them, they shouldn't go anytime. No. Because on Shabbos, people have meals and they get a little drunk. So when you go up there, you're going to come to their hometown, you're going to get beaten up. Um, so what's, I don't understand. You're saying that the people, the Takana was that since the Gader people beat up the Hamsun people, when the Hamsun people come to Gader, don't go up there on Shabbos. Okay, but the people from, from Gader can go down to Hamsun, so they'll beat them there. So so when the people from Gader come down, if that's the reason for this, uh, uh, the, the, the Gader people are permitted to go down, but, the, but the, down, the downwind people, the downslope people are not permitted to go up. When the people from, up, from on top come below, they'll beat them there. So the Gemara says, no, Kaba below Masa, Shav Shanalavach, a dog, not at home, not in his own town, will go seven years without barking. You see this. I'm not a dog owner, but we have, have at least one or two dog owners here with us today. And uh, that, that, that is pretty true about them. Many of the dogs who bark at you, they're protecting their, their territory. You know, you walk by their house and they scare the daylights out of you. But the same dog, if he comes near your house, won't say anything. That's just how they are. They're very protective. So same thing over here that the people from Gadir will beat up the people from Hamsun when the Hamsun come to their city. But when they go down to their, not, they're not at home, they're on the road, they won't be as vicious. So the Gemara, if the B'nai Gadir always beat up the people from Hamsun, so when the Gadir people come back to Hamsun, uh, they won't, uh, so the Hamsan people will beat them up now. No, they're not going to be that submissive. In other words, when the Gader people, who are the real ruffians, so you come to our town, we're going to beat you up. When they go to the other town, they won't beat up the other people because they're not at home. But maybe they'll get beaten up now by the lower people, since the lower people are at home. That submissive, the Gader people won't be. In other words, they won't start up, but they also won't let allow themselves to be beaten up. So he says the whole story there was a different story. It's a question of uh, you know, a physical safety over there. It has nothing to do with the Daka. From Safar, Ira Keshesav. You know, what happened was this. The Hamsan was the case of the Keshet, the, remember the, uh, the large bow? The, the, the diagram is not on this page, but if you look back, we'll find that the, um, the picture is on two, what was it? Uh, let's go back. The large bow, I think it was last Shabbos, because we didn't learn it together <coughs> inside. The, um, you have the large bow in 198. You know, it's the lower city was in the is in the form of an arch, like like a, a bow, and and the distance between the two edges of the arch was like in 198 was more than 4,000 amos, and the upper city came down right into the center of that. So, the people in the upper city were able to go down to the whole extent of the lower city because it was within 2,000 amos. But the but because the the archway. In the lower city, the arch city, it was more than 4,000 amas from one end to the other. 
So because of that, the people in that city could not count the uh, the uh, the bow area, like the, the area that's marked in blue in 198. They couldn't count from there. They had to count from their own house. So for many of them, to go to the other city would be more than 4,000 amos, uh, more than 2,000 amos, and therefore that's why they couldn't go. And again, it was basically halacha, that the upper people can go down to the lower city because they were within 2,000 amos because they were able to measure their city from the edges of the city. You go 2,000 amos from the edge of your city, but the people in the bow, since the bow was in that shape and there was more than 4,000 amos between one end and the other end, they couldn't count from the edge of their city. They had to count from their own house, and therefore many of them could not uh, extend and go up into the upper city. So that was the story there, according to uh, Rab Safra. Rab Dimi Barchinen Omar, Anshe Ir Gdolam, Anshe Iktana. It was like the discussion we had yesterday uh, and the discussion we're going to have further in the Mishnah today. There were two cities, a large city and a smaller city. The people in the upper city were, uh, were from the large city, and the people in the lower city were from a small, the small city. Right? And therefore, what happened was, is that the people in the larger city, when they wanted to go to the smaller city, not a problem, because when they wanted to go 2,000 Amis, they, they spanned the, their 2,000 spanned the entire city, so they were able to go the whole distance. Whereas the people in the lower city, they couldn't span the whole, when they got to 2,000 Amis, they came out in the middle of the big city, and they couldn't span the whole city. And that's, that's what happened over here. Rashi says, um, and that's why they could. That's why the the people from the upper city could all could all come down to the lower city, but the people in the lower city could not span the the upper city, and they, they could only go two thousand amas and they have to stand right there. This is how uh, these last two opinions over here. So we had three re, three different opinions as to the this, why there's no proof about the daco. One is because the reason for the upper and lower not entering one another, the gadir can come down, the Hamsan couldn't go up, is either because the fighting that went on. Or Absafra says it was because of the Keshes, and Rabdimi says it was because it was a big, the upper one was a big city, the lower one was a lower city. Rav Kana Masnech, that's where Rav Kana learned Machlok, because Rav Tovyumi said, Masnechi, that Rav Safra, Rav Safra, uh, Rav Dimi, both had these different opinions, but we're not sure who said what. In other words, the way we had it till now was the way Rav Kana said it. Rav Kana said, Rav Safra said it was the it was the, the lower city was a bow a bow shaped city, and Rav Dimi said no, it was a question of a big city and a small city, like we learned yesterday, and we're going to have more of that today. But uh, uh, Rav Tavyumi said that he's not sure who said what. Rav Safra and Rav Dimi both gave these as answers why it's not a proof about Dhaka, but we're not sure which ones uh, said that it was an issue of the lower city being a keshet, uh, being a bow. And the uh, and the other one saying that no, it was a question of a big city and a small city. He's not sure who said what. All right, that takes us up to the Mishnah, and then we're going to come back. Now we're going to discuss the Mishnah, which we already discussed yesterday. The people in a big city who are neighboring the people in a small city, they can traverse the whole small city, right? Because when they get to the two thousand, they'll go beyond there. But here he says the people of a small city could also go through a big city. What are we speaking about? Kate said, If you put your Erev in a small city, in other words, you were you were within your cities were within two thousand amas of each other. But if you put your Erev in the other city, no matter what, if small city, big city, big city, small city, it's okay because nothing's or birktana or birktana nothing's or birkdola malchas kula. You can go through the whole city. In other words, you began your Shabbos in the other city. That's how you're saying the other city. And you can get there on Shabbos because your city where you are actually physically sleep on Shabbos, you're within two Salvams of that other city. No problem. Why? Because you put your Erev over there. 
Okay, that's how we learn the Mishnah. Now, before we get to Rabbi Kiva Omer, keep your finger to Rabbi Kiva Omer. Now let's go back and just review what we learned yesterday. Uh, it's about eight lines down from the top of the page. The way we just read our Mishnah, we had first two lines of Mishnah. The people from a big city can go through the whole city, small city, and the people of the small city can go through the whole city. In other words, he learned Anshe. He didn't say Ain Anshe. Both of them are Anshe. So he says, from Nachman says, the one who says Anshe in both cases is not making a mistake. As, we, as the mission just says. We're talking about where you put your Erev. We're not talking about where you stayed there, right? You stayed there. We're talking about where you, you, where you, where you began your Shabbos. But rather, you put your Erev there. That's how you made your... Okay? So when you put your Erev over there, not that you walked there on Shabbos and measured out 2,000 Amas and got to there. That was the question. But in other words, where you, where you made Shabbos in your home city and you walked there on Shabbos, the question is how far you can go, right? That was one discussion. No, but here where you put your Erev in the other city, not a problem. That's not a problem. Uman detoni enanshe, the one who learns enanshe, but also lo mishtabish, the mukul babmode. He's talking about where you're measuring, meaning you're walking there on Shabbos. Chesur mechsur vachikitani. Anshi yirgdol, this is how the Mishnah reads. Anshi yirgdol, malchanes kol yirgdana, the enanshi yirgdana, malchanes kol yirgdola. The people in the small city cannot go to Wedvar mur babmode. When you didn't make an Erev in the other city before Shabbos, just on Shabbos you're walking there. So if you're walking there from the big city to the small city, so when you go your 2,000 Amas, you traverse the entire city. Your 2,000 Amas span the whole city, the whole small city, so you can keep on going. So the whole city then cancels, we said yesterday, for four Amos, and you can go a total of 1,996 Amos besides the four Amos of the city. The whole city counts as one, right? So again, Bamedvar Mamurim, says Gemar Bamedvar Mamurim, Wait, uh, when you measure Avami, so there, and but if you're from the small city, so for if you're the small city and you go to the big city, the big city is so big, it's more than 2,000 Amas, or it's bigger, so big that you don't, you, your 2,000 Amas does not traverse the whole big city, and you're stuck where you are. You can't go to the whole, you can't, you can't go beyond your 2,000 Amas physically from the small city, from the boundary of the small city, you go into the big city. And you, you, when you finish counting 2,000 Amas, you're still in the middle of the big city. That's all you could do. You can't go any further. But if you put your air of one city, your big city, put your air of the small city. You put your big city, then you can go through the whole city. You have the whole city and 2,000 Amas beyond that. Now we'll go back to the Mishnah. Rabbi Kiva Omer. So here we have Machlokas. We just explained... Right, that you can put your Erev in the other city and you have the whole span of that city plus 2,000 Amas. He says, no. No. You put your stuff in that other city, you've only got 2,000 Amas from that point. That's it. You don't have the whole city plus 2,000 Amas. You only have a 2,000 Amas. If you put your Erev in a cave, in a cave, presumably there's no people living there, that's all you got is 2,000 Amas. It's like you made it out in the middle of the desert. You put an air of the middle of the desert, you're in town. From the desert to your town is, let's say, 1,500 Amas. Okay, you put your air in the desert, you can go 2,000 Amas in any direction from that air of. So the same thing over here, you only got 2,000 Amas from there. Amullah, they said to him, that's when there's no inhabitants there. There's no inhabitants in the Ma'ara. There, I agree with you. If there's no inhabitants there, and you put your Erev there, you can only go 2,000 Amas. Avo yesh, but if you've got inhabitants there, Malachas, Kulavachutz, Lal Paimama. So therefore the rabbis say, the Chom say in our Mishnah, 
you put your Erev in another city, a city within 2,000 Amas of your city, so you can get there on Shabbos. You put your Erev in that city, you have the entire city where you put your Erev there plus 2,000 Amas outside of the city because people are living there. When there's no people living there, we're Moda. Nimsa kal tocha me'al gaba comes out that middle of the city, in other words, if there's people, according to the Chachamim, uh, according to Chachamim, Nimsa comes out that uh, the, it's, it's more lenient inside Inside, because there's people living in there. In other words, when there are people living inside some place, so you have the whole pla- you have the whole the whole enclosure. I talk, I mentioned I noticed enclosure, whether it be a, a a cave or anything else. You put your air in an enclosure. You have the whole enclosure plus two thousand amas. The enclosure might be a city, it might be a building, it might be a cave. You have the enclosure plus two thousand. You'll see why I mention this. We'll come down slice. Uh, so you have the two thousand. Whereas if it's on top, on top of a cave in the middle of nowhere, you only have the two thousand amas. That's it. Nimsakal tocha mealgaba. It comes out that the inside of the cave or inside of any structure really is more lenient than on top where you're just out in the middle of nowhere. Ulamodet sha'amru. But the person who's measuring, not the person who placed his Erev in that place before Shabbos, but you're just measuring from your place where you slept on Shabbos, you're walking 2,000 Amas. Even if it, even if it, wherever it ends, if, you, if you're walking out of your city, you didn't make an Erev somewhere else. You're just walking out of your city, you got 2,000 Amas, wherever the Erev ends, that's it. You got your 2,000 Amas, and that's it. You can't go any further. Unless, unless we said uh, you've traversed the town. We said if you traverse the town, that's different because you traverse the town and, and the 2,000 Amas was, you know, when you traverse the town, you, you still have not gone, you, you know, the 2,000 Amas. The whole town was within your 2,000 Amas. Then, then the whole town counts only as four Amas. Okay, so, but here, that's the Chiddush of Bishub and Levi that we said yesterday. The Mishnah is talking about where it ends in middle, right? We said, Sofa, Ir, Itzrachalei. From the Mishnah, you see that what? That if you walk 2,000 Amas out of your city, wherever you stop, you got to stop right there. You can't go any further. But Rabbi Shuma Levi explained, though, that's only if the 2,000 Amas ended in the middle of a city or ended in the middle of nowhere. But if you traverse the whole city, now the whole city was, let's say, 1,200 Amas, 1,300 Amas, and you walk 2,000 Amas, and you went beyond, you, when, you, when you finish your 2,000 Amas, you were beyond that city that you traversed, that whole city only counts for four Amas. That's the Kula that Rabbi Levi said. Now, we have machlokas here between Rekiv and the Chachamim. The Chachamim say, right, the Chachamim say that you have, where you placed your Erev, you got the whole city plus 2,000 Amas. Rekiv says, no, you only have 2,000 Amas. So Rekiv says, aren't you more in the case of the Mars? Is that's different because there's no dwellers there. Now we turn the page. Now Let's say you began Shabbos in a deserted city. Deserted. Not the Chareve usually means ruins. Doesn't mean that the, that the walls are down. It just means it's deserted. Even the Rabbanan in our Mishnah, who are more makel than Rabbi Kiva, right? The Chamhold, right? Even though there's no inhabitants there, it's deserted. But you could still, you still have the whole city plus two thousand amas. He niachas yiruv beir chareva ein lamakam meruvo el el alpaim. The chacham remoted to Rebekiva. Remember, Rebekiva said, "Aren't you remote in the case of a cave? You can only go the two thousand amas and no further." They said, "Yeah, that's because there's no there's no dwellers there, right? Okay, there's no dwellers there. That's where you're putting the air of down. That's how we learned the pashim shot in the mission. Nusan essay ruvo. Remember, you had the other gear so also." That's dafka by bemode, but nasan ruvo. You have the whole, you have the whole thing. So, but nasan ruvo. There they said, if you put your erev down, uh, even the chamer moda to Rabbi Kiva, 
that if you put Yerav down in a city that had no inhabitants, you only got 2,000 Amas, not the whole city. But, Rabbi Yudhav says, but Rabbi Yudhav says that if you spent Shabbos there, you began Shabbos in that deserted city, then you have the whole place. And not that you put your Erev there, slept somewhere else and, and came there on Shabbos. But if you actually began Shabbos in that, in that uh, deserted city, you've got the whole city plus 2,000 Amas. That's, that's Rabbi Shmuel's opinion. Again, he's saying here that the Rabbanan, who seem to agree with Rabbi Kiva in a case where it's deserted, that's only if you leave your Erev in the deserted spot. But if you began Shabbos there, you got the whole city plus 2,000 Amas. Rabbi Lezer, no. Echad Shabbos, whether you began the Shabbos there or or you placed your Erev there, he disagrees and he says, Rabbi Lezer says, no, according to Chachamim, whether you spend Shabbos there, whether you began Shabbos there, you put it down there, you've got the whole city. Now, uh, what about and Mishnah didn't, didn't weren't the Rabbanan seemingly moted to Rabbi Kiva in the Mishnah in a case where it's deserted? Rabbi Kiva says, "Aren't you moted to us that when you put your air in a cave, you only got two? You don't have the whole cave plus two. You only got exactly two thousand amas. That's when there's nobody living there." Right, so it's mashma that when there's no dwellers there, they're moda. How can then, how can then Rabbi say over here that whether you began Shabbos in this place, wherever it was, right, in a place in a deserted place, or whether you left your erev there, you got the whole place plus two thousand amas. What do you mean? In the mission of the Rabbanon Ramoda seemed to be moda to Rabbi Kiva that if you placed your erev in a place that has no uh, dwellers there. That you only have two thousand amas, not the, the entire enclosure plus two thousand amas. Rabbi Amy, you're a motorite. No, my aim, but you're an ain't a royal dira. No, when the chamer motor to him, Rabbi Kiva, the Mishnah, it means it's not roi, it's not fit for living. In other words, the walls are broken down. The, the walls are broken down, not fit for living. Here we're talking about Rabbi Yudah Shmuel and Rabbi Lazar are talking about a case which is the city's deserted, but the walls are still there. So he, so Rabbi Lezer says, you know what? If the walls are still there, even if it's deserted, the Chachamim say, you put your, whether you began Shabbos there or you put your air there, you're entitled to the whole city plus 2,000 Amas. Okay, that was how Rabbi Lezer answered. And we'll see, notice the Ramam Sechem is Rabbi Lezer. We seem to pass like that. Tashma, another proof. Shabbos Be'ir, if you began Shabbos in the city, Afilu Igdola, even if it's a large city like Antuchia, a great city, uh, or Bamara, you, or you began Shabbos in a cave, Afilu Ikmar Sitya, even if it's a big cave, like Titkyo Melch Yuda, you can go through the whole city, right, the whole cave, whatever, the whole enclosure, plus with other animals. Like the city like Amara. Presumably there's nobody living there. It's, de- it's deserted. It's also deserted. It says if you spend Shabbos there, but if you but if you put your stuff down, not. Again, it's a kasha against Rebbe Lezer. Rebbe Lezer says whether you spend Shabbos there, you began Shabbos there, or you left your stuff there, according to Chacham, you have the whole place plus 2,000 Amas. Here it's mashma. Why? You began Shabbos in this place that had no, apparently had, it was deserted. So if you began Shabbos there, you got the whole city plus 2,000 Amas. Mashma only because you began Shabbos there. But if you put your stuff down, on money. Now who does that go? Like Elam or Abakiva. If you're talking about Bekiva, Mayer Chareva, Afili Shivan Amr, Bekiva said, even if it's inhabited, you only have 2,000 Amas. So, uh, so it doesn't make any difference. That, why are you talking about a place which is, which is deserted? Elamai goes like El Avrabonan. It goes like Rabbanan, a time of the Shabbos. Why are you entitled to the whole city plus 2,000 Amas? Because you began Shabbos there. Avalaniyach, but if you put yourself down, low, it's Mashmah. If you put yourself down, you're not entitled to the whole city, you're not entitled to 2,000 Amas. 
So Lahara, it's a proof again against Rebelezer. It says, no, Lo don't say that it's a city comparable to a, to a cave which is not inhabited. It's a cave which is inhabited like the city. You talk about a city and you talk about a cave. No, the cave is like the city. Ma'ir Yeshiva. There are people that live there. Afmar also Yeshiva. So what's the Chiddush? Kids go like Rebbe Kiva. Dharma Eino Melchimayruva El Al Paim Amma. That what Rebbe Kiva says, you only have two thousand Amas from that spot. That's only if you left your air there. Uva Shava, Uva Shavas Moda, Shavas Shavas Moda. But if he began Shabbos there, he's Moda. If you began your Shabbos in a city, right, that uh, had inhabitants there, then you're entitled to the whole city plus two thousand Amas. Iva Kamar Sitkiok Tanisa Lemak Nimarav Sitkio. Sikyo was a king. He didn't have anybody else living there. So now, Kamar Sikyo, below Kamar Sikyo. Kamar Sikyo, Gadol, that was big. Below Kamar Sikyo, it was not exactly like the Luhasim Krever. There it was, deserted. Malchi Yeshiva, and here we're talking about a place that's inhabited. So that whole thing was going through Rebbe Therefore, we come out, there's a Machlokis and the Chachamim. The Chachamim is certainly more makel than Rebbe Rabakiva says that if you place your Erev in a city, even if it's an inhabited city, you only got 2,000 Amas. The Rabbanan say, whether you began Shabbos there or you placed your Erev there, you always have the entire enclosure plus 2,000 Amas. The Chachamim, possibly your only motive to Rebbe in a case where the whole place is deserted and broken down, it's not fit for living. According to Biyadam Shmuel, according to Shmuel, so he says, no, if it's places which is deserted, right, and you spend Shabbos there, then you have the whole, you began Shabbos there, then you have the whole city. But if you put yourself down, you put yourself, your stuff down there, you made your Erev there before Shabbos, you only have the 2,000 Amas. There's the Machlok between Rebbe Shmuel here and Rebbe Lezer. Now we have a story. Mar Yehuda, Ashkechen is Mar Yehuda. No, he's it's not called Rav Yehuda. Some guy, Mar Mr. Yehuda, Ashkenal the Bavarchasa. He found the people of that city. It's called Mavarchasa. The Kamosvi Yeravai. They put the air of Beikhnishne de Abi Agubar. Beikhnishne the 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 Beikhnesses the shul. It's called the Beikhnesses. That was his name. Beikhnesses Gadolhaya. And Rashi says it was within two thousand amos of the tomb of the city. Meaning it was within, it was within the two thousand amas of the tchum. It wasn't even in the city of Mavarchus. It was outside the city, but it was within the tchum. And they they put it anywhere. They put the they put it somewhere. They put their air there so they can go figuring they can go from the whole building two thousand amas beyond that. Amar lahu. So this Mariyuda said no. Gavu beitfei penetrate deeper inside. In other words, the 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 deeper you go it was on the it was sort of within the two thousand amas of the border of the city. But it was at the edge, right? So you wanted to go further on Shabbos, so put your air further in. It was a big shul. Put it in further into the shul towards outward, outbound from the city, so you can go even further. Penetrate, put your air in further, so you can go further. So you'll be able to walk further. Amalei Rava, Palga, you contentious person. The Erevin, when it comes to Elchus of Erev, less the Chashla Rebekiva. Nobody's Machman Rebekiva said. No, there's Rebekiva said. You put your Erev in a, in a uh, city, in a, in a building, you're only entitled to go 2,000 Amas from the place that you put your Erev. Right? Because it's not a place which is a yeshiva, right? Because even, even Rebekiva holds, we said that if you put your uh, place in a city where people live, right? Um, that um, uh, if you put, we said this, the, the other case is going like Rabbi Kiva, even according to Rabbi Kiva, time of the Shabbos, in other words, if you began Shabbos there, then Rabbi Kiva's motive. But if you didn't begin Shabbos, you put your Erev there, you're only entitled to 2,000 Amas from there. So that's why he said, Marhuda seemed to be telling his people, put your Erev further in so you can go further. What are you talking about? We don't hold like Rabbi Kiva. We hold like that if you put your Erev down in an enclosed place that's certainly fit for Dira, right? Even according to the, the, the opinion, it's fit to live there. So you're entitled to the whole enclosure plus 2,000 amas. We're not talking about a city over here. We're talking about a building 
which is an enclosed building within the Tum Shabbos. It's not of uh, that city. It's not even in the city. It's outside the city, but it's within an enclosure. You're entitled to the whole enclosure, whatever that enclosure was. That's what I'm saying. That's what you mock it over here. That you're entitled to the whole enclosure. Plus, so therefore, it makes no difference. They said to him, Rava said to Ramar Yudah, "What do you make? What do you? What do you hold like Rebekiva? By it comes to Erevin, nobody holds like Rebekiva. And Rashi, the last words of Rashi in the parak, the Kaimlan Halacha Kedivri Amekol Be'Erev. We said the other day that the Halacha is what that the Kol Be'Erevin. We said on Daf Samach Rashi said on Samach Rashi said the Kol Be'Erevin Lahekol. We had in the Mishnah also that the Lo Amru Chacham Esa Dava Lahachmelak. When it comes to the Chamor Makbid with the whole the whole Erevin is Drabanan, right? The whole rules of Erevin Drabanan, but. When it comes to Machloka, certainly, like we have uh, when it comes to Avelis, we go like the Mekel here also. We go like the Mekel because we always go Lakula. So here also, you have the entire building. Makes sense where they put the air at the beginning of the building or deeper into the building. Wherever they put the air in the building, they have the whole building plus 2,000 armas because we go like the Chacham. That's the end of this parak. Now, this parak mostly was speaking about Tumen, like you said, Tum Shabbos, but we had a little bit of exception. We had a, a now we're going to come back for the next few Prakim. Six, seven, eight, and nine. Prakim are dealing basically with Eir Vichatzeris. So when it comes to Eir Vichatzeris, we said, what are we talking about? Minat Torah again, uh, just like your Rishus Yochid is Rishus Yochid, so is the Chatzar and so is the Mavi. However, we're afraid you shouldn't come to carry into Rishus Rabbim or within Rishus Rabbim So the rabbis made rules about an Eir. That's why we have an Eir today. You can't make an Eir in general. You can't make an Eir in a real Rishus Rabbim according to Rashi that had six hundred thousand people and sixteen Amos wide and all that. Certainly you can't. But an Eir which is not a real Rishus Rabbim, you can make an Eir there. So. If we had, let's say you had three people, the Reuven, Shimon, Levi, living in one, and they shared a chatzer, so they have to make an Erev with all of them. If one person didn't include it, wasn't including the Erev, so his rishus, his, uh, his, um, um, uh, his ability, uh, his, the fact that he can use that, the, the chatzer, he prohibits the other ones because the whole idea of, of making an Erev is like it's, it's one person's rishus, it's all one rishus. Now, it's not one rishus because it's shared, and therefore, if he didn't partake in the Erev, they, nobody can carry into their chatzer, into that common chatzer, that common area from their house. What about a goy? So let's say one of the inhabitants of the chatzer, and one of the people who have a house that, that share the chatzer is a goy. Or a person like a kuti, who's not really a ger emes, who's considered like area rice. Tosus goes into a whole discussion, who were the kutim exactly? But they weren't 100% Jewish. So if somebody like that, hareza osrolov. So the person like that prohibits you from carrying because he didn't partake in the Arab. He's not partaking in the Arab. He's not mowed in the Arab. And a guy certainly can't partake in the Arab. So what do they do? So what you have to do is you have to buy their, um, they have to buy their permission to use the Arab. In other words, you have to buy, what's the word I'm looking for, Michael? Uh, not permission, you know, their um, ownership, your ownership or their ability to use the, the chatzer, their share of the chatzer, their ownership rights uh, they have to sell them to you for that Shabbos or rent them to you, whatever. You bought them. If you bought it from the guy, then it's fine. Okay, now, the whole Isra we'll see in the Gemara of a guy that a guy asks on you really is, Minatora is not there because a guy doesn't not consider really to be a Dayar there. It's all drabbanan. The rabbis made rules to make it difficult for you to live with goyim, so you shouldn't come to live share areas with goyim. You'll learn from them, or they'll beat you up, or they'll kill you, or something like that. So therefore, the rabbis said the rabbis discouraged living among goyim, and therefore, need I say any more? Right? They discouraged you, discouraged you from living among goyim, and therefore they said, you know, if a goyim is in your chatzer, you must buy his 
property rights in the chatzer for that Shabbos. Otherwise, he can't carry in the chatzer. So Adar Makam Chatzer or Misha Enim Berav Harezah. In other words, if you didn't buy the rights, you can't carry in the chatzer. Or Blessed Ben Yaakov Rav Lola May Noser Atchiu Bei Shneisom Osin Zelze. He says that's only if there's two Jews living there. In other words, let the whole chatzer is two people. One is a guy, one is you. According to Reb Lazarman Yaakov, he doesn't oster on you. Why? Because he doesn't really have a dira, a, a, he's not considered to be a dayar there. The rabbis made a rule of uh, not living, they, they didn't want you to live with the guy, so they made these rules. However, it's very rare that one guy, that one Jew should live with one guy, because one Jew alone is going to be afraid to live there. So it's like a milsalosh there were no gozer, they didn't gozer that. So Blazin Yaakov says, he doesn't ask me unless there's at least two Jews living there. Two Jews is more common to live with a guy. And therefore, they made the rule that the guy asks on you unless you buy Osim Zalzan, Ein Osim Zalzan. If two Jews have to make an Erev there because they share the Chatzir and there's a guy, then the guy prohibits them unless they buy the guy's permission for that Shabbos. Amr Abdul So now, in the, uh, the Gemara is going to say there's a little line missing over here in the, in the Mishnah. And the, and the rule, and this is what it says there. What about Atstuki? Atstuki was a Jew who was like an Apikoros. He followed the Tzadok, who was the Talmidim of Antignos, Socha, whatever he was, that they went off the road, they went off the Derech, let's say, and uh, they didn't hold of a lot of halachos uh, of uh, Torah Shabbat Peh. And um, so what's their rule? Are they like a Goy or not? Again, uh, a Goy, with the rule of the rabbis is that, even though technically he's not a Dayar, but the rabbis made a rule, if a guy lives there, you can't carry in the Chatzar unless you buy the permission. But once you buy the permission from him, you paid for it. He can't renege. However, Atstuki is not like that. Atstuki can just, he's really a Jew. Once a Jew, always a Jew, right? So all he could do is he can say, listen, I withdraw. I withdraw my ownership. I don't hold to you guys with the carrying and Shabbos. Do whatever you want. I withdraw my ownership rights in there. So he says like this, Atstuki, according to one opinion, is, a go- is like a Goy. According to one opinion, he's like a Goy, and therefore he prohibits, and you have to buy his Rishos. And Malil says, no, he's not like a Goy, he's a Jew. So Amr Gamaliel, now Amr Gamaliel, uh, tells a story to, uh, to uh, support his view. Amr Gamaliel, Maisim Atstuki, Echad Shoya Darimana. There was a story with Atstuki who lived with us, but Amr Abba, and our father told us, Gamaliel's father said, in other words, better take out the stuff on Shabbos, the stuff that you want on Shabbos, and the Chatzetete can take it out now. Why? Because the Tztuki is a regular Jew, technically, right? And therefore, he can just say, I withdraw my ownership, but he could change his mind. So he might change his mind right before Shabbos, and you won't be able to carry, so therefore take out the stuff before Shabbos, so you won't come to have a problem on this way. Rabbi Yudomir, Belashen Acher Amar. He said that the, the, the father, Malil's father, told to him in a different lashon, Maru Do your things, in other words, whatever you have to do on Shabbos, do it now before Shabbos, before he comes out and answers. Rashi in the last line says that different Mepharshim say a different way to understand this. Some say that, in other words, that, that he, he can renege even on Shabbos. In other words, since he's a Jew, a Jew can, he can withdraw his Rishos even on Shabbos. Rashi, the last two lines says, Caleb Tchila, in other words, since he's at Stuki, he you didn't buy it from him. He's not like a goy, and he just withdrew his ownership. Well, he might change his mind. So take out your stuff first, so to speak, to get a chazak in, in the rishus before he, he before he puts the stuff. Because if he puts the stuff out there first, then he's taking away your rishus. Because if you rented it from mechem matzlahada by alpha gav demapik, even if he puts the stuff, also done not kadam. And if he's like a goy, again, Rambam said he's not like a goy. The Tanakhama says he's like a goy. So you buy his rishus. 
You bought it, you bought it, you didn't buy, you didn't buy. Once you bought it, it's yours. Ramliel says, no, he's not like a guy. He could just withdraw his rishus without paying. So therefore, uh, and, and if, he pay, if you paid him, then he couldn't withdraw. But Ramliel says, since our, my father said, make sure you take out your stuff before the, the, the uh, tzuki comes out and puts his stuff down, he makes a chazaka, meaning he'll renege on his, on his pledge to withdraw his ownership. So you better put your stuff out first. The other opinion was, or Buda says, it was said, Liz Lushen, do what you have to do. The Bishamis Lamahani Lechu Haibitl, because even though the Tztuki was Mavatl, his Rishus, he, 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 um, he made void, he annulled his ownership in rights in the, uh, in the Chatzair before Shabbos, it won't help you. Shemi Yotzi Vyasro Lechem, the Xerab Yudafagav Dechzika, but a Mavi Bimavi Tchila, Masyadur Bases, even more. But the way Rashi learns is that. It doesn't help. In other words, uh, the first opinion was when Leo's father said, oh, you know what, put, go to put your stuff there before Shabbos, because otherwise the Tzuki might come and put his stuff there, which means by putting his stuff there, he'll renege on his, uh, on his annulment. Uh, Rebuta says, no, 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 he can renege on his annulment anyway. So whatever you have to do, do it before Shabbos, because even on Shabbos he can renege on his annulment, even on Shabbos. And therefore you have to be careful that way. All right, tomorrow's daf is daf Samach Beis. Uh, I'll send a, a link. It'll be on the podcast. And on Sunday, Meretz Hashem, we'll tar- again, we'll start at the regular time on Daf Samach Gimel. Daf Samach Gimel, a few lines down on the page there, presumably. Um, I'm not sure where we'll start exactly. Uh, we'll see where, where a good place is to start. Itmar, Itmar, Okay, we'll see if we start a few lines down. So we'll start with Samach Gimel on, on Sunday. Uh, again, a good kvittel to everybody. Piska Tova. Mechila, Slicha Mechila, have a good Yantif, have a good Yantif, enjoy Yantif and stay safe. Don't do any, don't do any dancing or getting close to anybody. Don't do anything I wouldn't do. Be careful. Be careful. Okay. A good Yantif to everybody. Call to a good Shabbos, good Yantif. Good Shabbos, Yantif.